Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Four-time NBA champ, also star of Disney's original movie, Sneakerella. Let me welcome the one and only John. Sally! Hello, big-time superstar. What's going on? Stop it. So we were were talking a little off mic because I had a little stint as a sports uh, writer at the Daily News back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I was saying the thing I always respected about you, those were the days when we could be in a locker room, you know, where we were in the locker room and people would just be walking around naked, butt ass naked. And you you always kept your towel on, which I appreciate. You always respectful. You, Buck Williams, Buck Williams would just get dressed and like wait for me to come and talk to him. And I was like, thank you for that. And you, you were saying that you thought it was whack that dudes would be around like that. Yeah, I did. I, I've always thought it was whack when um, I, even in, in 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 different spas I go to now when guys literally walk around naked like like they're at home. I think it's whack. I, you know, go and be naked in front of your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever <laughs> one you got. But like advertising, it, it's not necessary. And it, when I saw it in the locker room, I think. You got to realize when I was in the NBA, um, they had just started letting women in the locker room. Yep. As in, I think 1987. Yep. So that was my first year. Yep. And guys were just walking around, just like, they didn't want to be in here. Then they got to see what the men see, which is obviously not a lot. <laughs> well, so, well, well, hold on. Um, you're talking as someone who's legendary in that area, so you you have a con you have a confidence that a lot of yeah. folk may not have, y'all. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, it, it is it is, and I I was in my early twenties, so it didn't dawn on me that there was something problematic. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in here. I gotta go talk to people. I remember Willis Reed. I was covering the Nets, and Willis Reed. I was like, I didn't want to go in. So Dave Steele was working for the Post. I was for the Daily working for the Daily News. My first time in the locker room and I was like I can't go back in there can you go ask and I sent Dave Steele from an opposing paper in to ask my questions and I sat in Willis Reed's office and I was like I don't feel comfortable so he was like listen baby girl and then we sat and I got to interview him and then Buck Williams came out but after that I you know Dave was like I can't keep doing this for you uh (laughs) you gotta you gotta do your job but you know I think being a black woman too, though, there was a different, cause I remember Lisa Olsen ended up suing and I felt like I didn't like that either. Cause if we're going to be there, then we got to be there and handle. Like I remember I was in a baseball locker room and Barry Larkin and th- these guys were tossing around a, a jock strap almost hit me and I went off on them and they didn't do that anymore. But I'm like, you got to earn your respect in those locker rooms. Like what you not going to do. And this could go down in this locker room. I don't give a damn what is going to happen. I'm going to cuss you out. And that was when I used to curse and it was brutal. But yeah, yeah but I appreciate it was you a guy, saying that. There was a guy in D.C. Um, good, good, good man. Good man, I guess. But he would be doing interviews and, you know, the microphone would be here and he would be looking around like this. And I was like, why is he looking around? Is somebody coming up from behind him? He goes, no, his excuse is to be in here with the microphone. But really, he's looking oh, oh, he was at the tr- microphone. Oh, I yeah. see. I see. Yeah, yeah. You, run in, you run into a, And it's funny. I've always taken things like, oh, that's what that is over there. And keep it moving. I never stop there to confront anything. Just wow. keep it- You're a different kind. I think, you know, being damn near seven feet tall your your whole life <laughs> it's like because you know that's not tory a normal torian energy we we tend to uh yeah so you yeah you, you pretended i see you john sally yeah uh, uh, what my deal was i also realized that 
a lot of things were beneath me. And if I was going to be a true Taurian and a true king, then I don't have to deal with everything in the valley. That's why I have people in my court. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really big on that. Like things that, that, um, that can really enhance my life. I will get involved and things that could literally go the other way. I'll let somebody else handle it. You know how he spun that back around to get into Sneakerella? I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. I ain't even mad at you. Okay. All right. And I'm, I want to talk NBA with you for a second, but before we do, tell me, you, you know, you have been doing acting for a, almost probably as long as you play basketball. Longer. <laughs> Long, okay. So tell me, when did you make that, that not everyone could do that. When did you know you could and how has it played out for you? I've realized a lot of times that everybody can do anything and everything they want to do if they do everything and anything they want to do. Most people believe that they are putting in a box and most people are put in a position where somebody else dictates their life because they don't have their own life in hand. So um, I used to say things and my mother knew that I would, I was this Taurus. So I would say, Ma, I'm going to do sunset. She said, oh, Johnny, you can't do that. That's too hard. I go, I can do it. She goes, I don't know. You got to, I doubt it. And she would know I would go do it. So that was another thing. I, uh, I lived Wait, in Message Brooklyn. to everybody. The quickest way yeah. to get a Taurus to do something is to tell them they can't do something. Exactly. They, they live to prove people wrong. So that, do you know, my, one of my you. daughters is a Taurus. And I, <laughs> my wife says, I can't believe that I married one and I gave birth to one that acts exactly the same. We asked because she goes, oh, I guess you guys got in the car and didn't talk. I go, I heard what she was thinking. She heard what I was thinking back. We're good. You know, I just I, I had this thing. I just don't. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be inside that television. I used to hear all the bad stories to what to do that. I didn't believe I had to go through any of that. And I didn't. Um, and when my first movie was Bad Boys, and I loved the process. I love watching movies anyway. I, I have an extensive amount of time spent watching other people do it. So not saying I'm the greatest at it, but I like the process and I like the thought process. And so I do it. This mm-hmm. by far, Sneakerella, which comes out on Disney Plus May 13th, ladies and gentlemen, is my favorite movie that I've done. I think I've done 16 or something like that. I was looking at your, your filmography. You got Napoli Ever After, The Ultimate Christmas Present on Disney. So you, you and Disney, you, you got a special relationship with Disney. They like you. I, I hope. I wish I did. But that was 22 years ago. I told them that it was 22 years ago that I did the ultimate Christmas present. I should have been in, in the Disney in the Disney routine for like as much as like, I don't know, Nick Cannon is with uh, with Nickelodeon. Uh-oh. Like I should be in. But I, I wasn't. I wasn't. But it, the coolest part about it is now um, a sister has taken over. Ayo has taken over the realms at Disney and Disney Plus, uh, Disney Channel and Disney Plus. And, and, you know, they're looking for more shows that show diversity and what life is like now. It's not the old Disney. It's, it's, it's a new way of thinking. And so I have a bunch of ideas. I produced uh, a couple of the shows that I have been involved in. So now I have a place to bring them. And um, I'm bringing it everywhere, too. As long as it works out in, in both favors, I'm bringing it places. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow this premieres, right? Three days before your birthday, tomorrow, Sneakerella. All right, so tell us, it, it is uh, a spin on Cinderella. 
Yeah, it's such a spin on Cinderella, and it's based right here out of New York. The only the only difference is it says in the movie I'm from Queens, but I'm really from Brooklyn, and it's beautiful music. It's unbelievable choreography. When I tell you that, I'm not even joking. You're you're gonna see when I when I show you, and then there's hip hop. And I get the I get the battle. I get the rap battle. My favorite part of hip hop is is rap battling, and I get the battle in this in this joint. And now this is funny because in the '80s, DJ Tommy Allen, who God rest his soul, just passed not too long ago, was the DJ over at WBLS. But before he was at WBLS here in New York City, he was my DJ at John Sally and the Mass Production Crew in 1981 when I thought I was going to be a, a and uh, a rhyme sayer, as I would say, right? <laughs> and my brother Ron said, there are no seven-foot uh, rappers, all right? And then, so get and then to Shaq, said, Shaq said, hold my beer. I know, man, <laughs> and then Shaq did it so well. My boy B. Shaw, but, uh, Kobe even did it. But, Al, Al, Alan Iverson, even though we never heard that, I don't think that came yeah, out. Yeah, I know. Damian Lillard oh, is really oh good my at goodness. it. But... They didn't get to be in a musical. I'm in a musical. I'm in a musical, a beautiful musical that has unbelievable character to it. It has every color of blackity, blackity, black you can possibly get from the lightest to the darkest flowing through. It has it is it is not even that about color. But what I will tell you is usually when we see things, we see it in a through a different lens, a lens that somebody that doesn't look or think like us. In this, we don't. And it's the funniest thing is it proves that when beauty is beauty, because our director is a beautiful white woman. The writer of the script is a beautiful white woman. But the actors that they were able to pull things out of and, and, and get angles on were black. So that whole mentality of race is thrown away. But and is, and that, that's not hard. You know, if you just deal with people, it really isn't hard. It, right. But we do it, too, when we put the verb in front of who we are. When we put the verb in front of black woman, a black man, a black doctor, a black coach, we 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 put something around it as well. Right. Not just a coach, a doctor, a woman or a man. So we, we have to stamp it because it means so much because it used to mean to other people so little. So it means so much that we as, that we stamp it. it by the, I hope in the next eight years, that part of racism will be gone. What's going to happen? It, Wait, hold on, John Sally. What, what's going to happen in eight years? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's, before, I, before I ask that question, because that's loaded. Um, can you stick around till after the break? Can you stick around? Because we got to go to break literally in two minutes. I don't know if you have another interview. How long we, is your break? My break is like four minutes. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Look. All right, I'm just we we making money here. What's what's the problem? Yeah, I'm not. If but you, yeah, okay. If you can't stick around, that's fine. But I'm going to demand that you come back because no, no, I got you. I okay. got you. All right, because of what I want to do, I want to take uh, Kim in DC, and then I want when we come back, I want you to tell us what's going to happen in the next eight years, and I want your predictions for this NBA final. As long as we're watching Sneakerella on May 13th on Disney Plus, we no all problem. watching it now. Just because you did that, I'm gonna put it on my what to watch list tomorrow, which is uh, world renowned. Everyone listens to my what to watch. They they come in on Friday just to know what I'm recommending. Kim in DC, she wants to talk to you, John Sally. So I want to get her in. Hi, Kim. Or him? Hi, how are okay. you doing? Okay. Hey, I, I would like to, uh, you know, congratulate you on your endeavors, uh, John Sally. And I met you one time. I was 
I'm originally from Detroit, and I was down at one of the festivals, and you were walking out there with everyone, and I'm almost six foot tall, and I turned around, and I saw the middle of your back, and I said, this must be somebody, and I walked around you and looked. I said, oh, that's John Sally. And you, I, <laughs> you I remember that. And everything. <laughs> he's like he's like hello kim how are you <laughs> i'm fine oh, you know you are um and thank you kim for sharing that um john sally's legendary for also not just his basketball prowess for nba champ championships but being one of the nicest realest dudes you know like there's nobody that has anything negative to say you know in this climate a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about everybody everybody not you you, you I don't gotta... do that because I don't do it. If somebody, this is another thing. If somebody says something bad or mean toward me, I learn hurt, hurt, hurt people, hurt people. And I say it to every, every time I'm moving in a situation, I say, Hey, be kind. I say, be kind. And, and people think I'm just, you know, being all, all like a hippie. I'm not, man. You got a choice, right? You got a choice to um, like, I grab my phone when I want to text somebody something, and let them know something. And I, I think, do, am I wanting to text them to hurt them or I want them to get the message? So I choose my words. Mm. I choose my words. I check out my intent. I don't want this man to ever leave. John Sally is here. I could talk to him all day. He's got a, a movie coming out tomorrow, Sneakerella on Disney+. Plus. Let's make that number one on there because that's all we got to do is click on it, let it play, just play it, and then come back and click on it again because we got to support the things out there that we say we care about. I care about John Sally, so I'm going to do that tomorrow and put it on my what to watch list. But we were talking during the break. I forgot what the initial conversation was, but he's drinking kabuka. And I was kombucha. like, kombucha, whatever is disgusting. And he was like, nope, <laughs> you're a vegan. You're, <laughs> your skin looks amazing. And so you were hipping me to all of the medical things. When did this happen for you? When did you delve into this lifestyle? 1991. Yeah, I know. Right. So imagine this. When Dick Gregory was walking across the countries in the 70s, I always paid attention. And then... um in 1991, this lady named Dr. Jewel Pukram, who is now in Atlanta, if I remember, she told me I was full of sugar, honey, iced tea. Y'all use the first letter and uh, of each of those words. And then I got my first colonic. And when I tell you I lost like nine to 12 pounds, I was that much feces in my stomach, even though my, you know, it's tight. I, you don't know that you're holding that much feces. You just see pimples coming out and you see you know, there's bad breath, there's bad foot, there's foot odor, there's body odor, there's bad attitudes, there's constipation, there's hemorrhoids. All of that is coming from what's inside your lower intestines. So when I, when I got my first colonic and I'm out in a river and everything is dumping in, all of a sudden uh, my libido went through the roof, my skin cleared up. I didn't have all those body funks and I, I became a lying vegetarian from 1991 until 2006. So when I turned 40, I decided I was never going to lie again. So by the time I was 50 and I stopped lying, <laughs> but really, <laughs> what? what is a lying? So you were telling people you're a vegetarian and you actually weren't, or you were telling people you were I was a vegetarian. That, so a vegetarian that eats shrimp, lobster, fish, <laughs> cheese and turkey uh is not a vegetarian <laughs> that's not a lie 
not a vegetarian. Right. So when people say, oh, I'm a pescatarian. No, you're a lying vegetarian. Right. So if you eat any sentinel being, if anything had sex to get here, you're 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 eating a sentinel being. So I don't I, I believe all beings deserve respect. And they need to live, right? If something came out of the sky and just grabbed you and all of a sudden just started grabbing all the different kids because they were more tender, um, like we do calves that we call, that we put it, you know, it's crazy. It's just crazy to feel that we have the right to take somebody else's life because we like the taste of barbecue sauce. So when I, when I decided to move from that point, it was 2005, 2006, and I went straight vegan and since then i am five pounds lighter than i was in 2000 which was 22 years ago i am um my libido still works i don't need erectile dysfunctional pills my 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 libido is different now when i look at girls i look and i go oh i remember that oh (laughs) what's your mama name i can do that now (laughs) (laughs) the fire is not the same as I got to go find you and lie to you and figure out how to get you in a position just to get to something that you already probably want to do in the first place. I also, as I got older, learned women are way hornier than men. I Way hornier. <laughs> you don't know that as a guy. You just think everybody is like this in church. No, I learned. So, I, And I have daughters. So I learned you guys are human too. So a dumb male doesn't, treat the ones who are um, misogynistic, the ones who are degrading the women, it's because they don't believe women are human. They don't believe, well, they're not a man, so they're not this. And then we were taught that. So being a vegan has gotten me to the point of respecting everybody as you're supposed to be. And that's why I'm that. I, I didn't expect that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> 866-801-8255. A couple more people want to talk to you, but I want to get into this NBA season because I, I wasn't going to watch because LeBron's not in. I, I no longer can be a fan of teams. I follow players because I believe that the league is so muddied that you can no longer really just be a fan of a team. Like, I'm, you know, New Jersey, it was, you know, the, the 76ers because Dr. J was a New Jersey net. And then when he became a 76er, that was my team. And then my, my new team became the Chicago Bulls, of course, because everybody loved, you know, that that team. I couldn't do the Knicks because of that finger roll with Patrick Ewing. And now it's Dolan. I can never root for them. They can kick rocks. But then I became a LeBron James fan, and I followed him from Cleveland to Miami to now the Lakers. And he's probably going to be a Nick or something. I don't know. That's going to be where I cut it off. Who, who do you think the Warriors are doing great? It looks like the defending champs are doing great. Uh, I love Boston. I love John Morant. What are your thoughts on on this season? Do you care? Because I again, the NBA is so muddy now. Do you even care? I, I do South care. Country? I do care about these entertainers that come on behind me. We 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 laid. <laughs> oh, we laid. you heard? Wait, y'all heard what he said? You said the what? The entertainers? The come entertainers on, man! Come on through. Because I, I I want these guys to realize they're entertainers. And the reason I say that is, you know, they used to say, well, when I was growing up, oh, he's an athlete. Oh, that's a movie star. Oh, that's a television star. That's a Broadway star. And you had your spots. And I literally, the only thing I have not done is Broadway. 
That's the only thing I haven't done. Not saying I'm not going to. I might get up there like my boy, you know, uh, Jesse. Jesse Williams. Start smacking it. I promise you that would be the sold out forever show. By the way, we had the great Ron Simons on uh, yesterday who's – Broadway, and I mean, my goodness, producer of everything, including yeah. for Color Girls right now. We had him on yesterday, and Tanya Pinkins is on the show every single week. Broadway diva extraordinaire, Tony Ward winning. So we might be able to help you get into the next Broadway play, especially if you're going to do a Jesse Williams. Yeah, All right, yeah. but I digress. <laughs> Excuse me as I pull this thing out. So I, <laughs> I, I, I just, so I want these ball players to realize they're entertainment. We're such entertainment in basketball that the stars come watch us play. And when I realized that in Los Angeles, that Steven Spielberg was happy to meet me. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, man, you, we, I, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. You got to get, that's how my brain was working. His brain was like, wow, you're, you're, you're as nice as you are on court, except when I'm playing. I, I, I look for it and I, the same way like you, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I'm a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving fan. I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan. Let how? me tell you how big a Kyrie how? Irving fan. How? I'm such a Kyrie Irving fan that Kyrie Irving in 10 years or in eight years is going to have everybody be his fan. For one, he stands for something. For two, he's an unbelievable vegan. For three, he's a phenomenal basketball player. The fact that he is here in New York, I just wish that I had a better relationship or a relationship at all with him because I would I would explain the media. Once you explain the media to a player, it works in their favor. When you when you realize the media is not your um, is not your nemesis, your media is your tool because you they're very malleable. And the reason I say that is if you give certain ones of them the right attention and they feel they're getting exclusive, they're getting something the next person isn't getting, the media is cutthroat, not us. So if you make sure you know who to give it to and who to be, who, who gets, who gets this much of the truth and who gets that much of the truth, you'll change the way you're projected and you're perceived. Now that I got on this side of the media and holding a microphone, Oh my God, I realized most of the people can never play, never had any talent, only watched, and only listened to other people talk about it. So when you realize that you're hearing the news from somebody who has no talent, it it's easier. All right. But he doesn't play defense though. 866-801-8255. And 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 he, he's always injured though. And he wants to be the center of attention when he could have won maybe five championships had he stayed with LeBron. I said it. I don't like him, and I don't like Katie for leaving for leaving that team to go play with a team that you should have beaten when you were up three one that year. But instead of sticking with that, and I get it, playing with James Harden now we see is a problem, and maybe even Russell is a problem. But you go play with a team that you almost beat. I can't respect that. I just can't respect it. This is different. It's because you're looking at it as a fan, and he gets paid to do it. So when he went to when he went to the Warriors. He got $430 million. He wasn't going to get that in Oklahoma. And then coming here to New York, he got $500 million because it's the number one market. So think about it. Where are you getting your numbers, John Sally? 
Where are these numbers? Oh, well, his his sneaker deal was four hundred thirty. Oh, okay. You're talking about the ancillary and and it, ancillary. It's his money. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the money you get for being who you are and where you are, right? So if you're playing in a small market, you don't get the money you do for a big market. And if you're playing on a championship team, they then double. Or they give you bonuses. So as a fan, though, because, yes, I may be just a fan. It has to be your issue because you're an entertainer. All I do is put a round thing into the round thing efficiently, and that should be all you get. You're not supposed to, like Charles Barkley, I'm not your role model. I'm a basketball player. And if you do the basketball well, the rest of it is all stuck in your psyche, not mine. Yes, but my fandom allows for you to get that 500 400 million dollar sneaker deal doesn't it no I, you would think that and now i'm going to destroy every american thought that's thinking that <laughs> nba god rest david Stern's soul, became international and the people in other countries know we're intangible so in china 300 million people watch an nba basketball game per night there's only 379 million people in America. And the most that has ever watched a basketball game at one time was Michael Jordan in game six, and it was 15 million of them. So we quadruple, I think, 30 times around the world than we do here in America. And the fans in China don't say that, and the fans in Europe don't say that, and the fans in South America don't say that, and the fans above us don't say that. It's only entitled Americans that feel... Oh. I am oh. your property. Okay. Not your property. It is American. It is colonized uh, mentality. <laughs> Damn it. We are all yeah. indoctrinated. You done said a word, John Sally. It's not going to make me change the way I feel about Kevin Durant or Kyrie, but I'm, I, I digress on that. So, um, Atena Kupo, uh, who, let me just say, the large, since you just brought up money, man, it's Thrive Thursday here on the Karen Hunter Show. LeBron is the second highest paid player athlete in the world behind a soccer player. That's right. Lionel Messi. I'm like, maybe we should be putting our kids in soccer. You should have. It, it, one, you don't get it, They get least amount of uh, concussions. Um, they, there's there's more there's more diversity in soccer than in any other sport. And but the problem is in America, when you got a kid, you put the ball in the hand in Europe and in Africa. They put in South America, they put the ball on their feet. Well, in Brazil, there's kids playing on the street in Brazil that should be playing in Major League uh, Soccer. It should be. It's like amazing. I'm looking at this list. LeBron's second behind Lionel Messi, who makes $131 million a year. LeBron uh, is second at $121 million. Third is Christian, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, soccer player, $115 million. Fourth is soccer player Neymar, 95 million. Steph Curry comes in at number five. Kevin Durant at number six. Giannis Attentacupo is number 10. Say his name again. See, now At- this is what I love about the NBA. It's making us speak in our African tongue. Go ahead. Attentacupo, which I think is Greek. <laughs> but yes, that's not. It's African. All right. It's African. He just grew up in Greece. Go ahead. Yes. 866-801-8255. So who do you have? Who's going to take Who's gonna take it? Who do you like and why? <sighs> Last yesterday, I was on first take. Not to I know, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. And Stephen I, A. And Stephen A. And I picked because I was a Boston. Just like you said that about Doctor J. 
I was a Dr. J fan and I grew up in New York. I've never been a Nick fan. And I'm sorry, that's not a true statement. I was a Nick fan when Bernard King played. Mm. When BK was there from BK, I was a Nick fan. Besides that, never again. And, you know, when my boy Patrick got drafted there, I knew I was never going to the Knicks. So I love Patrick. Um, and it wasn't just Patrick's finger roll that didn't get them going. It was also um, when they wouldn't call foul when the Bulls. On Charles Smith? But yeah, come on, you six foul. foot. Come on. I was, in the, gar- I was but, in the garden that night. But the rim is still. The rim right is still, there. The rim is still. Right. But you also have. You have. You had. Other seven footers around you. So what? People keep forgetting. Y'all act like ball. he was there by himself. Duck the and, ball. And, and the people from oh the uh, the the, uh, the uh, lollipop kids was pulling on him. No, he had MJ slapping him in the head, Scotty Pippen slapping him in the head, Horace Grant slapping him in the head. Like people forgot that. Shaq would have dunked it. Shaq would have dunked it. Taking all of them, they would have been dunked right along with Shaq. I'm just saying, you. I don't think Maybe. John Sally would have accepted that. I'm just I'm gonna say that out loud. Oh no! Well, the, yeah. the other part is too. Um, I was on winning teams, so the shade four time NBA champ. Okay, so for my audience who may not watch first take, not that that's even possible. Hey, Stephen A. Who who's taking it this year and why? Until last night, I thought it was Boston. Until I saw Milwaukee come up and in the last six seconds or 15 seconds heartbreaking for 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 boston fans yes it was hard um you have to understand um possession and time possession and time like you don't let them get in that position and it wasn't like shots thrown behind their head and a lot of guys got really tight when it got down to it and we don't need you tight we need you loose and ready to go so i i had boston because i'm a boston celtic fan because they were the first team to hire a black coach and they win a lot um, are you going you back to uh uh russell bill russell right. you go yeah. who won actually as a player coach you talk you're going all the right. way back and then casey joe you're going okay all right I, yeah, you, okay, I, I already know you just letting them know that you know your history i already those are but it's so funny. You would know way more, and everybody laughs at this. You would know way more about sports than I would, because I, I wasn't a. I'm not a sports watcher. I'm not a basketball watcher. I don't watch, because I do it. And I remember when I was growing up, everybody is watching. You know, back when it was four five four and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there, nineteen Magic's first year, and I'm watching and I'm watching. I'm fifteen, and then they go fourth quarter, and I'm walking out the apartment, and my brother's like, "Where you going? Where you going?" The game's not over. I go, I can't watch anymore. And I'd be on the court. And he would come and say, you got to watch so you know how to handle things when it gets down to the crunch time. I said, I got to shoot. I realized that everybody was watching, so I'm out here shooting. I'm getting more shots than everybody else watching. And i just never been a person to watch other people do it. Now, I can watch movies and documentaries and, and go to classes and go to libraries and go to museums and you tell me something about history i can do all that but my my basketball i i have a personal relationship with that brown thing i have now, a personal relationship there is a a tv series called winning time that's uh, getting a lot of controversy um a lot of people are upset with it have you watched that john sally 
And see, it's so funny. I, I, I saw something where Magic said, not even close. The kid sounds like Magic. <laughs> a little bit of the charm comes out. Just a little bit. A little bit nasty. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, one, just to let everybody know, we and you can tell them this. Our locker room and all that is not sacred and all that. We don't even want to be in there. So there's no way you're going to bring a girl in there. And okay. if you do, you, you nasty. Because we don't. Real nasty back then. Right. Yeah. You don't want to bring, especially back then. You want to get in and out of that locker. You can get, back then, you can get athletes' feet being around these dudes. So I, I never bought any, anybody to even see it because it was just nothing. So you did now, watch it. You watched it uh, in detail, I see. I watched it. I, I, <laughs> the things that they had wrong is Coach Westfall was a beast, and he already knew how to coach. Um, I think it looks great. I think they, they're making it like Dr. Bus was this bumbling fool. Dr. Bus was one of the smartest, slickest guys in the world. He understood money. He also started in his cable. People don't understand. He started uh, Sportsnet, and in starting Sportsnet, you had to get it on cable in order if you wanted to watch the Lakers live. It wasn't like they used to do. They play it on the regular station here and Channel 7 or Channel... Uh-uh. You had to buy cable to watch the Lakers. He knew it was a business. He understood his number one selling jersey in the world was a Laker jersey until Michael Jordan was born into the NBA. Um, but it was Michael, Larry, and Magic. Those jerseys were going through the roof. So he understood Jersey. And I tell people the team gets paid for the logo. And so they can pay all of their players and all of the top twice or twice or three times with just the money they make from the logos, not what they make from parking, hot dogs, popcorn, seats. Mm. You understand this is a business. A lot of people forget that, that this is a business. Kind of like people who wonder why Kevin Durant would get rings and travel. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to, and I tell you this, you know how you introduced me? Four-time NBA champion. I did do that. No one talks about your points, how many years you played. They only want to know if you won the chip. I'm a four-time NBA champion. I deserve seven, but I'm a four-time NBA champion. <laughs> if I would have stayed on the Bulls, you know, if he didn't, you know, Jerry Krause kind of lied to me and, you know, didn't do it right. I could have stayed on the Bulls. I would have stayed on the Bulls. I would have I would have won a championship in 90. I won in 96, 97, and 98. And then I would have left, would have left the team with Phil. And we both would have gone to the Lakers. And then I would have, if Phil would have just let me do what I wanted to do by helping, I would have stayed and won three more championships. So I would have 10 if they let me stay. All right. Well. If if uh if a buzzard had a if never mind I won't go <laughs> I won't do that to you I won't do it to you let me take if, one if call it was a fifth we all be drunk. yes all of that all of that um and I also think if LeBron ever had a good coach he might have won more if he would allow himself to be coached because I think there are levels to his play that could be refined with a little tension from somebody that knows more like what. I said it. How about you not coaching and making personnel decisions? How about that? How about having a team of people around you who not did you like all your boys and stuff, but people who might actually bring a little uh 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 like Chris Paul and LeBron would have won a lot of championships together because Chris Paul wasn't gonna have it. No, 
Yeah, I agree. Because Chris Paul has to have the ball 85% of the time. And in order for LeBron to be efficient, he has to have the ball 85% of the time. And there's only one ball. Well, until until they get on a team together and then they have to figure it out. But But why put it on when you have to figure it out? When you get to put your boys together and you go, this is how we're getting down. And everybody understands their assignment. Once you understand your assignment, we're good. All right. The problem is... They put too many stars with one bat. And the Lakers did this before in 2004 um, with, when they went against the Pistons. They put all of these guys on the squad, and they shouldn't have. Carl Malone and Gary Payton, they shouldn't have done that. And I think it was 2006. It might have been 2000. I don't know what year it was. They didn't need to do that. And if, the, if they wouldn't have done that, they probably would have had a more cohesive squad. You're correct. But I remember LeBron didn't do that. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just general saying, manager. though. I'm just again, but isn't LeBron the general manager? All right, DJ in Michigan. I'm just, I'm just going with what I see. DJ, hey, really Gary, quickly. Hey. So, so, first of all, I want to say you, you know, congratulations on launching Nubia. It's a wonderful platform, Nubia. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I want to say what up to my dog, uh, John. Mm-hmm. What's up, bro? Hey. Uh, I want to say what's up to, you know, even your father's not here anymore. I'm going to say what's up to your father, also an Omega man, Rue. Uh, Teens, I just want to ask you this. I was, I don't know if you remember this. I met you and your brother at your house in Sherwood Forest. Me and a 91 brother just came up to your door, knocked on the door, and I was like, bro, I'm a brother. Let me in. And, and Jerry was like, nah, I ain't doing that. Then uh, what's, the, what's the comedian name? Uh, short dude. He was over oh, there. Oh, Joe, Joe Torrey. <laughs> yeah, Joe Torrey was like he started. He started. They started hating me. I was like, "Hold on, bro. We, we got it's gonna go another way. You better cut it out." But I just want to say, I, bro, I appreciate you. I really love what you're doing. Uh, keep it up. And like she said, she, you keep listening to her. She gets you on uh, Broadway. You get that Tony. You get that Tony, man. I just want to say I appreciate you too, Karen. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, die. yes. That's my frat brother, Omega Sci-Fi Incorporated. Friendship is essential to the soul. Cooper Coleman, love and just. Don't don't play with me. Don't play with me, John (laughs) Sally. Don't play with me. Listen, I'm not going to play with you. Sneakerella tomorrow, Disney Plus, y'all. Make sure you hit play on it. And watch it. And watch it. You ain't got to watch it. Just play. that. It records. It did like it. That will count as a thing yeah. if you if you, but you got but time. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm on. You're going to love this movie. And it was a trip. I sat there because, you know, I watch movies and I see mistakes and I'll be like this and going down. I called my brother. I said, yo, watch that with your grandkids. You're going to like this. Aww. So imagine every kid watching it now will never know about the other Cinderella ever. They're only going to know Sneakerella in their life. Isn't that a crazy concept? <sighs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love, and I love all of us and our, this family here. Uh, he just brought up Broadway yesterday. We, as I mentioned, we had on uh, Ron Simons because they were going to close early uh, for Color Girls. It had opened and then it closed like in a very. It was supposed to close May twenty second. This audience, y'all, went out and did the thing. He came on. He was like, "Just go buy tickets, donate." It will now be running through August fourteenth. It's going to continue. It's going to, uh, it's, it's going to, no, it's going to continue through ju- at least June 5th and maybe beyond. Y'all did that. Y'all extended it through the Tony season. So thank you, audience, for doing that. And I uh, appreciate Ayana Prescott, who led the charge as well. So, uh, but tomorrow, Sneakerella, John Sally, you, will you come back? 
Will you come back, please? I, you, you, you know how to get in touch with me. Just okay. tell them I'm on, right. especially also, you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.